This is the message from Connection Community Church for Easter Sunday, April 17th, 2022. Upside down, you're blessed by the empty tomb. Good morning, Connection Church. Good morning. Hallelujah. Say it with me. Alleluia. Alleluia. It's Easter morning, and he is risen. Say it with me again. He is risen. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Yes, yes, yes. So we finished the Beatitudes last Sunday, a series of uh, teachings of Jesus telling us how we're blessed that we find in the fifth chapter of Matthew. But we're going to add one of our own this morning, one blessing we're going to add. You're blessed by the empty tomb. We are blessed by the empty tomb. Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our risen Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. 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 Let's pray together. Almighty God, thank you so much for today. I can hardly stand here. I can hardly be in my seat because I am so grateful for what you did for us. Thank you, Lord. Settle us in wherever we are right here. Remove any distractions online. Remove any distractions so that we can give you our attention, Lord. And we can think about the blessings that we receive by the empty tomb. We pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Everybody agreed and said... Amen. Amen. And Alan, before you start, I just want to give a shout out to my North Carolina family, my brother Skip and Lisa and all my nieces and nephews and love you guys. And um, Butch, we're praying for you and Cheryl. And there's a lot of people who are watching who aren't able to be here because of something going on. And we are grateful that we are one church, many locations. Amen. Amen. So empty. That's what we're talking about today. Empty. You know, containing nothing, not filled or occupied, lacking meaning or sincerity if we're talking about words or gestures. Most of the time, empty tends toward the negative rather than positive, like four ounces of fluid in an eight-ounce glass. You know, the optimist calls that half full, but the pessimist would call that half Maybe there are times when you have felt empty, where you feel like you're running on empty. I kind of started feeling like that yesterday at about 5.30, when it just seemed like things were like, I couldn't get done, I couldn't get done, couldn't get done. It's those times when we're out of gas, so to speak, and there's nothing left to give, and we're all used up, and at least for the moment we think we need a break, and a rest, a, a retreat, <sighs> vacation. Mm. Running on empty is not a place that most of us want to be for too long. Mm. Running on empty. Um, you ever been riding, maybe it's just me. Uh, you've ever been riding along and you feel this little, it's just a little, you, it's, it's almost imperceptible, a little hiccup in the engine. You know what I'm talking about? You only know it if it's happened to you. It's just this little hiccup. I'm, I'm, well, I'm well versed with it. Um, and, and, and you instantly look down at the gas gauge, and you know there's a line, and 
your thing is below the line by some, and then there's a little yellow uh, light that's screaming at you. That actually had been screaming at you. Has been. No, no. <laughs> For a while. No, it's been whispering. Prior but now to. it's screaming. And, and, and then you look at, and it, in words it says, miles to, to empty, and it says zero. And, and you know that that's, yeah, well, you know, that's happened to me before. Um, um, and, and I'm a pretty slow learner. The one thing that really comes to mind was I'm on Route 1. That's a bad place, you know, because you can't get off real easy. I'm on Route 1. And you know the North Smyrna exit? The North Smyrna exit? Well, it was right around. So it was, thankful it's near the exit, and I called Carrie. It's not the first time she's gotten this call, and not the first time from Route 1. Um, <laughs> she's had to lift it over the fence down there. But uh, So at least I was near the exit. So she comes out. She brings me. Again, it's empty, an empty red gas can, so I walk over to the BP station that used to be over there. You guys know that BP station? Yeah, so I walk over, and that BP station is, was the highest gas in a tri-state <laughs> area at the time. I mean, by 30 or 40 cents, do you remember? Could I mean, it, it was be nuts. that they are trying to teach a lesson? Well, you're not, you wait. Um, so <laughs> I said... Man, I'm going to buy as little gas as possible because I'm not paying these ridiculous prices. So I don't remember how much I put in the red can, but it was enough to get me to the exit for Middletown, not to the gas station. Carrie, Carrie doesn't know this part. See, what? My, my small group, oh, he's my using small you as a confessional waited, now. My small group has waited like eight years for this story to come out. This is a, so, so it got me to the exit at Middletown, so then I had to take the red can and walk over to Wawa. Get out of town. Huh? Really? See, isn't this great? I didn't even write this down because I wanted to get the full, the full value here. You it's know? not on the page. So, so. Any guys in my small group here have been waiting for this story? They might We've been be waiting for this story to come out for years, Carrie. We've all known. Oh, you Waiting did. for this day. Frank's been waiting, man. He waited. So here it is. So, so I walk over to Wawa. I'm, so I'm well experienced. Empty is not a good thing, is it? No, empty is not a good thing, whether we're talking about empty gas can, gas tank, empty wallet, empty bank account, empty refrigerator, empty feeling, empty relationship. Empty's not good. It's not a good thing. It's something we usually want to avoid, right? It's something we want to avoid most of the time. And what is one of the first things I say when I get in your car with you? You have gas. <laughs> it's a smart, that's a smart woman, isn't it? Yeah, experience. Most so of the time, empty's yeah. not good, though. Most of the time, empty's not good. <laughs> but we actually want to flip that. Because today, empty is good. Today, we are blessed by empty. <laughs> Check this out. It's Matthew 28, verses 1 through 10. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and, going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. 
He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So this is Matthew's account of, uh, of the Easter morning. Matthew's account of Easter morning. And, you know, there's four Gospels, uh, the good news stories, the beginning of the New Testament, the stories about Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. This is Matthew's, but all four of them share this, this story, this Easter morning story, and, and give them an account. You know, whenever you compare notes with somebody, I, my sister and I tell a story like we remember our childhood, and I wonder if we even grew up in the same household. You know what I'm saying? Whenever you, unless you've agreed to the story, your accounts are going to be different, aren't they? People sometimes wonder, why are the four gospel accounts so different? Well, duh, they're four different people telling the story. And whenever that happens, it's, it makes us know that it's, it's real, that they didn't gather together and say, okay, this is the story. Everybody agreed to it. We'll all write it exactly the same way. That's how we know that this is a real story. They didn't get together. They, didn't get, they just, they're telling what they know, what they heard, what they saw, what they remember. And so what we find in all four of these Gospels is that Mary Magdalene visits the tomb. That's what we find. The other Gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, agree, or Mark, Luke, and John agree with Matthew on this. They might include other women, but they've all got Mary. Mary. She was one of Jesus' followers. She, she was a woman who traveled with the disciples. You know, we just hear sometimes about the disciples going with Jesus. There were more than the, the guys. And so she was one of them, and she helped support the ministry financially. She was the woman who Jesus delivered from demons, according to Mark and according to Luke. Each gospel writer includes also the messenger who shares the news with those who visit. So we've got Mary and we've got the messenger. Now, among the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there is a little bit of a variety whether the messenger is an angel or whether the messenger is a man, whether there's one, whether there's two. That if we get focused on that stuff, we're missing the main thing. We're missing it. You see, we could spend a lot of time debating differences in the gospel story, but if we do that, we're going to miss the overwhelming good news of really what happened. And it's just so glorious the way Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John really do line up on the main thing. Main thing. The absolute most important part of this story, other than, well, is that the tomb is empty. That's it. The tomb is empty. Say it with me. The tomb is empty. Jesus isn't there anymore. He is not lying there where they placed him on Friday. Oh my goodness. He has risen. He was dead. He has risen. The tomb is empty because Jesus has risen from the dead. And the thing about this is it surprised everybody. It surprised. When on the cross, Jesus says, it is finished. 
bowed his head, gave up his spirit, his followers took it seriously. They thought it was truly finished, over, end of story, end of story. Even though the disciples had seen Jesus raise people from the dead, he raised Jairus' daughter from the dead. They'd seen him, him raise the widow of Nain's son. We find that story in the book of Luke. The widow of Nain's son raised him right there in the funeral march to the grave. They'd seen him come lift right up out of the, out of the they called a buyer, right up out of the buyer there as he was being carried to the cemetery. He raised Lazarus, he'd come forth, Lazarus, from the tomb after four days, whoo, four days in the tomb. They, they'd seen all this, and yet they're still surprised. They're not expecting this whatsoever. When they went to the tomb that Easter morning, they expected to find his body, the dead body of Jesus Christ. Apparently, they forgot what they had seen Jesus do for others, and they forgot what he had told them was going to happen to him and that he would rise in three days. Well, not so the religious leaders. They were a little nervous. Here's what Matthew shares in the previous chapter. Matthew 27. The next day, the one after preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees went to Pilate. Sir, they said, we remember that while he was still alive, that deceiver, Jesus, said, after three days I will rise again. So give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people that he has been raised from the dead. This last deception will be worse than the first. Mm. Take a guard, Pilate answered. Go, make the tomb as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting the guard. Alan, I, pause. I need to have a little chat here. The last deception will be worse than the first. That's like the first time I've really thought about that. Wow. Yeah. Ooh, we need to preach on that one. We will. Stay tuned for next year. So these religious leaders, they'd heard what he said, didn't they? They'd heard that three days. Now, they didn't think it was going to actually be, but they were going to be prepared in case somebody made it look like they, they were going to be prepared for it. Yeah, they weren't taking any chances. And so they secured the tomb so that that body of Jesus Christ could not be stolen. They placed security guards outside. They, 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 they put a seal on that tomb. You know, a seal, you can tell when it's broken. They put a seal on that tomb. Uh, they were thinking smart, and, and they succeeded there because the body wasn't stolen, was it? Oh. But the tomb wasn't as secure as they thought. It wasn't The seal was broken. The stone in front of the entrance rolled away. See, the problem was they were thinking it'd be from the outside, but this was an inside job. <laughs> it's an inside job. Disciples didn't steal the body from the outside. God worked from the inside breathing new life into his son, using one of the angels to roll back that stone, opening the tomb for the resurrected Jesus to walk out. Hello. The body hadn't been stolen, 
but the tomb was empty. Say the tomb was empty. The tomb was empty. Empty except for the linens that had been wrapped around the dead body of Jesus after the crucifixion. Empty. Empty. The most glorious empty of all time. This empty tomb reminds us that God has the last word, not death. And in the words of Jesus' disciple, Peter, we find this in Acts chapter 2, verse 24. But God released him, Jesus, from the horrors of death and raised him back to life. For death could not keep him in its grip. Hmm. It's like the verse that we sang just a few minutes ago in, in our song, Death Could Not Hold You, the veil torn before you, you silence the boast of sin and grave. The heavens are roaring, the praise of your glory, you are raised to life again. Amen. Amen. Back when um, we were in, is that me? Back when we were in seminary, uh, Wesley Seminary in Washington, D.C., we had an incredible opportunity to visit Korea. One of the vice presidents there was uh, Korean, and she set up this trip with a church there, the Kwang Lim Methodist Church in Korea, the largest Methodist church in the world. And so we had, what was it, two and a half weeks at like a ridiculously low price. Uh, the church are kind of sponsored us. And um, we went to a place, this, this is a church that, that owns a mountain, okay? That's the, that's the size church we had. Here's like, you know, they were like 85,000 members in this church at the time, still, still the largest Methodist church from what I read. They have this prayer mountain, and it's really cool. You climb it, and along the way, there are prayer stops that coincide with, with Scripture, different parts of Jesus' life. Well, at, at the top of the mountain, you come to the cross. You know, hello, wow, there it is, the cross. Uh, and, um, and, and you think at first that you're finished. But then you look real closely, and the path, it's not quite as worn, but the path goes on past the cross. It goes, it goes past the cross, and you keep going, and you, then you come to the last stop, and the last stop, it's not the cross, it's the empty tomb. The empty tomb. Um, uh, you know, it's like, it's like we were on holy ground, wasn't it? Yeah. It's like, oh, wow. And, and, and the empty tomb. And, and, and the thing to remember is the empty tomb isn't just important. It's crucial. It's critical. It's absolutely essential. You know, in the season uh, of Lent, the season of preparation, the season leading up to Easter, um, we kind of are challenged to look inside ourselves, to consider where we are in relation to God, where we fall short. We consider our humanity, our, 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 uh, our mortality, um, how we uh, need to uh, do things to connect closer with God, prayer, meditation, those kind of things. And, and during this time, we spend a lot of time focused on the cross. Spend a lot of time focused on Jesus' last days, on that, especially when we get to Palm Sunday and he enters Jerusalem and that this last week of passion, that we call it the Passion Week, uh, on his death and on his uh, beating and on his, on his hanging on the cross on that crucifixion. And that's important. That's crucial. 
Because it's on the cross we hang our sins, right? We hang our sins on that cross where Jesus paid the price that we can't pay. And we're forgiven for our sin, not because of what we do, but because of what he did. Amen? Amen. But here's the thing we have to remember and never, ever forget. We can't stop at the cross. We can never stop at the cross because it's the tomb. It's the empty tomb that reminds us that death didn't win. Say it with me. Death didn't win. Jesus overcame death. And that means God reigns victorious. God reigns victorious. That means we already know the end of the story, don't we? On those challenging days, those days, I don't know if I, we know the end of the story. And the end of the story is death doesn't win. God does. God is victorious. In the words of Paul that we find in 1 Corinthians 15, 55 to 57, where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The, the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen, amen, amen. And so today, empty is the operative word. And it's true speaking of the tomb on Easter morning. And it's also true for us. It's in our emptiness that we need Jesus. We experience emptiness in a variety of ways. We have emotional emptiness. We have relational emptiness. There's moral emptiness. There's all kinds of emptiness. And we're reminded of the religious leaders. They were called the Pharisees. They asked Jesus at one point in scripture, actually a couple times, why he was hanging out with people like that, with the empty people, with the corrupt people, with those kinds of people, and having dinner with people like Matthew, who wrote this gospel. Matthew was a tax collector, despised. And Jesus went to have dinner with him and other sinners. Matthew 9, verses 12 and 13. On hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Say the last line with me. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Matthew 9, verses 12 and 13. Sorry about that. Electronics, gotta love it. Murray Drummond is. Uh, Murray, we should have asked you about this, but we're gonna say it anyway. Put your hand up, Murray, will you? That's Murray back there. Murray's yeah. our friend from. He's helped start the church. He and his family helped start this church a couple twenty some years ago. Anyway, and and, and he helped see that this thing, uh, the structure, got built like it is. He has this expression. He says uh, the dump is open. He's talking about this place. Yeah, I mean, it's trashed up. He means it's the dump is over. It's the place where we go to dump our stuff. It's where we dump. It's, it's, you know, it's not really the place for people who seem to have it all together. It's not, we don't, you're not here because you're perfect. Who's here because they're perfect? Yeah, it's the same here. Jesus said this, Luke 5, 32. I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. Yeah. Before you go, like I'm out in Walmart and I say, 
oh, hi, I how are you doing? It's somebody I haven't seen for like a really long time here at church. And they're like saying, you know, I'm going to come back to church, but my life is really messed up right now. So I'll come back when everything's okay. I'm like, hello. That's not what we're all about here. If you want like a dirty church, and I mean, I don't mean, <laughs> you know what I mean. Come, this is who we are. We're regular people seeking God and loving God in our messed up selves. Mm -hmm. And we can all be better together. We're the sinners. Yeah. We're the sinners. Saved. And as such, we are empty. You, me, us, we're empty. Your emptiness might look a little different than mine or somebody else's. You might feel bitter towards someone and want them to suffer. Maybe you have a kind of a mm -mm -mm. Uh, you, you might be looking at things that you shouldn't be looking at. Hello. You might be skimming places where you shouldn't be skimming. You might be treating people in ways that you shouldn't be treating them. You might have an inner void or a pain and maybe only a drink or some other form of uh, a substance can, or you think is the only way to help make that go away. Uh, you know, we've been talking about feeling blessed the last couple months. You might be feeling anything but blessed. And, and you don't see a whole lot to be grateful about. Well, here's the thing. We all fall short. We all fall short. As we've said so many times, but it just goes back to Romans 3.23. All fall short of the glory of God. All. All. Each and every. All fall short of the glory of God. None of us is exempt. <clears throat> but thanks to the empty tomb. There's that word empty again. Thanks to that empty tomb, we never have to deal with anything alone. You know, you might feel that everyone's deserted you and that you are absolutely, you're never alone. Never alone. Um, we never have to be stranded. We, we don't have to remain in our own empty place, but instead, remember the empty tomb. When you feel empty, remember the empty tomb and remember two words. He lives. He lives. He lives. And in his living, he fills our emptiness, fills our lives with meaning and purpose and a reason to get up every day. Aren't you glad you got up today? I am. Because the empty tomb, because of the empty tomb, we're filled with hope. Hope. There's always hope when we've got Jesus Christ. He fills our emptiness. He's the bread of life. He's the living water. He fills our souls. He lives. Jesus lives. And because he lives, I can face tomorrow. No, that's that song. I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, because he resurrected from the grave, because the tomb was empty, you and I live also. Amen. And so today we celebrate empty. We celebrate the empty tomb. We are blessed by the empty tomb. We are blessed. The empty tomb reminds us that the story has already been written. You see, God wins, not death. That's what that all means. God wins, not death. It's Jesus that can fill the empty places in our lives. It's Jesus who gives us hope for tomorrow. It's Jesus who overcame the grave. We are given new life, and we get to live through him, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, my goodness, does it get better than that? It is so incredible. It's through Jesus that 
in our messed upness, <laughs> we are made right. We are made right. We don't have to live in the mess. We don't have to live in the muck. You are a child of God, and he showed you that so much by overcoming death itself, God wins. The question is today, do you know him? Do you know him? Is he your Lord and Savior? If you're here today and you're not sure, we are just glad that you're here today to hear some really good news that we can't keep to ourselves because it's a game changer. It's a game changer because once I was lost and then I was found. Now, he already knew where I was, but I allowed him to come into my life and change my life, and that's what he wants to do for you. So we pray that the word empty makes a difference to you today. If you want to talk to somebody about that, if you're wondering what we're kind of talking about, what all that means, we have got Sabina back in the prayer corner, and she would love to pray with you. Or if you're carrying a burden or something's going on in your life, Sabina's back there and would love to pray with you. You can go during the last song. You can go after we're done. She is just going to be there. You know what? Empty. We hope that you take that out with you and remember that the empty tomb is a blessing. That's the good news of the scripture. Let's live it and let's believe it. Amen? Amen. Let's stand up and worship and praise our one true God. Would you please stand? Almighty God, we thank you so much for blessing us with the empty tomb. We thank you for being able to sing together and worship your holy name. We thank you for the word empty and for rising that death does not win. You are the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the first, the last, and it's in your name that we praise you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the message from Connection Community Church. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, you can visit us on our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Thanks again for listening. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the new life he offers.